Hello everyone, this is You've Got 5 Options, a radio show where we prove that 5 is a magic number. Our experts will give you 5 tips on how to make your private or professional life better. We will solve your life challenge by giving you 5 different options to choose from. And our guests will answer 5 exciting questions while live on air. Tune in and feel the magic of 5. Hello everyone, this is Marta and this is Anna and this is You've Got 5 Options show. And if you hear us breathing heavily, it's because Stoyan, our special guest, have proposed to us uh, some really uh, strange, bizarre, yet very refreshing physical activity. Uh, Stoyan, uh, welcome again in our radio show and before we will continue our conversation about 5 strategies for being more productive, achieve more and be happy, please tell us what activity did we just do because it was bizarre. I kind of regret a little bit because I didn't know we were getting on the air so so quick. <laughs> so, so I'm also <laughs> breathing heavily right now. But basically what we did was a very simple 30-second intense exercise to lift your energy up. And the ladies are really powered up right now. So that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, because sometimes we're sitting way too much on our chairs and we just want to have the blood flowing. And I think it worked well, right? Actually, it worked well. After I was able to breathe normally, of course, because first I had... It was very good for me. Thank you. I feel so much better. Thank you. Yeah. So, guys, we are back with the second episode. And while uh, having a break here with Stoyan, we have decided to make actually three episodes out of this show. And that is because we have figured out we have so many great, uh, valuable tips. And we got questions from uh, listeners. We got a lot of feedback. And we would like to give you all guys justice and answer all your questions and just, you know, award your efforts. So we will stay here half an hour longer just for you to record the show that has more information and probably is, oh my God, I lost it. (laughs) More valuable. More valuable. Thank you, Marta. Yes. So if you have missed the first episode, then please visit our website, the5options.com, five as a number. Or alternatively, you could also visit our YouTube channel. You just have to type in, you've got five options. And we will now continue with discussion about those five strategies, Stoyan. Uh, What do you think, Stoyan? Is it a good uh, strategy to continue with the strategies? Yes, let's do that. We have uh, discussed the first one, the first strategy, which was get clear what matters most to you. And you have given us two different tools. You described two different tools. And one tool was called the passion the passion test by janet atwood can you tell our listeners when they can find this passion test how they can make it can they make it by themselves you can you can buy a book it's called the passion test Uh, there's a web page with some free materials you can also find a passion test facilitator to do a workshop or to set up like a personal session where you know they can lead you through the process more carefully You can also find the test itself in the book. So, uh, you know, you don't necessarily need somebody to do it for you. You can get a friend of yours. It's good when you have someone else to ask you the questions and make you compare the passions. Otherwise, you start to rationalize a little bit. 
Uh, so so that's, uh, that's a necessary condition. I strongly recommend it. I do it. It's not a one-time tool because your desires, your passions are changing in time. Uh, I do it every three months or when I'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed or like, okay, am I doing the things that matter? Something's not feeling right. And then I, you know, just set some time and, and do the, the test again. So, yeah, I mean, you can find it online, buy the book. Yeah, you also, you also mentioned about that you can find a facilitator. I think that this could be, for instance, a fantastic idea for a group of people, like, for instance, a team or a startup team with a couple of uh, people who are just starting the business or whatsoever. Do you know anyone who facilitates those? I mean, as I said, I'm, I'm one of the facilitators here. Oh, okay. Uh, but, but there is also, uh, I think, thousands of uh, trained facilitators around the world. So you can, you can find somebody in your area whenever you're based. For sure. Uh, you can go to the web page and maybe, you know, drop an email there. And there is a big network of people who can come, you know, hold that one for your group or yourself personally. Yeah, perfect. So, uh, well, guys, if you would be interested in Stoyan actually facilitating a passion test for you guys, you can find information about him on our website. And we also are giving all the links. How can you actually reach Stoyan? Because it's not only telepathically. He actually has a really beautiful website and all social media, I guess, Stoyan, right? Yeah, so then you can actually directly contact Stoyan and ask him to uh, help you with facilitating a thing like this. You can drop me an email, find me on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Uh, not very active on Snapchat, but uh, yeah, that's that's primarily the channels. Okay, perfect. Marta, what do you think about that? So what I'm thinking all the time is like, why should anyone reach out for a facilitator compared to do something by themselves? And I always have this vision of a sports coach or a personal trainer. You can do it by yourself. You can decide to go start running by yourself, whatever. You might do something wrong. You might harm yourself or you might just do it for the sake of doing it, enjoying it. But if you get a coach, you can really get better results and do it in this better way because the coach is there for you, can see your blind spots. Uh, you know, he has more expertise. He knows what to look for. He can direct you. He can help you with the things you are missing or not seeing, especially. So for me, it's such a big value if you actually decide to prioritize yourself and, you know, invest in you and get someone like a coach or a facilitator for yourself so that you can have this much more beautiful, deep results for yourself. So that was what I was thinking about when I was listening to, you know, you of course can buy a book and of course you can go online and find information. And that's also going to be enough for some of us. But those of us who would really like to get somewhere and have this urge to get somewhere now, I really, really recommend getting uh, professional help. I totally agree. And I also think that there is a magic in committing to something through another person. For instance, if I am saying to myself, whoa, this passion test, I think it's a cool thing. I will note it down and come back to it. I might never come back to it. I might forgot. You know how it is. Sometimes we procrastinate when we have to do those things. Another person or a facilitator, when you commit, okay, we will come on this date and we will do this. That is also an additional incentive to basically just do it, I think. And it really works for me. So I think it's a great point that you gave, Marta. And especially I like this allegory towards the sports coach because, yeah, of course, you know, every single athlete in the world has a coach. And I think I'm convinced, Stoyan, maybe I would 
come and uh, make a passion test with you. Maybe You're you've welcome. got five options has to get a passion test as Who a knows? team. Yes. Who knows? Who Boom. knows? Boom. Exactly. Okay, but let's uh, let's see the second strategy, which was, if I remember correctly, develop on outcome focus, outcome free mindset. Okay, you have to explain that yeah, to me. Yeah, this one, I'm also like, what does it mean? I'm so curious. Come what on. is that? Yeah. <laughs> Tell me. Uh, okay, so uh, what I mean by that is it's partly connected to the first one. Develop an outcome focus. It means having a clear idea where do you want to be in anything you do. Starting with the end result. What is the result I want to produce? Okay, let's put it into the business sort of perspective so you can understand it. You can say, I want to do sales tomorrow and put it in your to-do list. Or you can say more concretely, tangibly, what's the result you want to produce? It could be uh, land five meetings, produce 20 cold calls. Like, what is the end actual result you want from a certain activity? That's uh, easier to make it tangible in a business perspective. But in a, it's the same with personal perspective. When I go on a vacation, I don't want my outcome to be, I want to go for a vacation. Because then I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, I want to be purposeful and say, why do I need a vacation? Hmm. Maybe I want to recharge and relax. You know, okay, maybe I want to party. What is the outcome of my vacation? I want to come fresh, recharged, and clear, whatever. Or I want to, you know, party it out and have fun and just come back, you know, fully recharged socially. So living intentionally, that's, that's what I mean. Trying to figure out what's the end result at the things that you do, even with your free time. And it's not about being completely, fully, you know, every five minutes is scheduled and you can't move it. Like, no, that's the extreme. It's about having an idea. What is it that you want, actually, for, for everything that you do? And when you create this habit, because that's not natural for the brain to do, your life becomes so much more fulfilling. You're feeling you're achieving things, but you're also feeling happy because you can enjoy within these frames, within this hour of, let's say, producing landing five clients, I can come up with 10 different strategies, come up with the one that's most productive, most fun, and then I achieve my outcome, but I'm also enjoying it. So that's the, that's the part of the outcome focus. And then it comes the outcome free, which is kind of the opposite, right? Like how can it be your outcome focus, but your outcome free? And this is more of a mindset level. You are not attached to the outcome. So basically you, you are fully focused on this goal, but if it doesn't happen, you let go. You don't have any expectations, right? Because you do your best, you're focused, but there's no tension. And I'm going to get back to the passion test now because there is a, the formula of the passion test. It's called intention, attention, no tension. You know, intention, get clear where you want to be. What do you want to produce? What's my passions? Where do I want to spend my time? Attention, what is my plan? I need to put action. I need to do stuff. I need to show that I'm putting energy into it. And then no tension is the hardest part for super achievers, which is basically I need to let go as long as I'm clear and I'm taking action to the best of my ability. I just need to let go and I know it's going to come from somewhere. But if it, if it doesn't, something better is going to show up. That's kind of a mindset that you have to always remind yourself. I see a lot of people doing things but having a lot of tension about the end result. And that's, that's not really healthy. Because again, I mean, life is short. Uh, we want to spend it being happy, being in the moment, but at the same time being purposefully focused on the things that matter. I love it so much. It's really beautiful. And I think this holds a lot of like the truth. How can you get the fulfilling and good quality life? 
I've trained myself for many years of my life in being outcome focused. I've mastered that part. And then I shifted to uh, mastering the part of outcome free. This is where I am right now in my own personal learning and growth. And I see so much benefit of letting go of that tension and actually, you know, just still being focused and still going for the things that I want to achieve in life, but actually letting go of that outcome free. So thank you for the wording, because it is actually something that I am right now so much training in myself. I, I love it. I think this is a really beautiful life strategy. Yeah, I, I have to say that I, on the other hand, usually don't have a problem with outcome free. I had problem with outcome focused. So I was maybe not so good at setting up a very specific goals for myself. And I could be all over the place. But I'm also one of those that, you know, things happen to me. And I have to say that the letting go part is relatively easy for me. And that was since I was really young. And you know why? Because many times I have noticed that when I let go, something better is happening. Or when I look back at my past and I don't understand why this happened the way it happened, then I see that it had a, a higher purpose, you know. Uh, I'm actually one of those, you know, cuckoo, cosmic mambo jumbo persons. So I really believe in this, you know, like everything happens for a reason. And I'm maybe not so uh, super smart to predict every single reason. But if you sometimes just take two steps back and let go, and just see what will happen, you know, suddenly things start to make sense. Uh, so I believe that's also because of the limitation of our mind. We simply cannot calculate and choose the best alternative when there are so many alternatives. That's why I'm pretty much relaxed. But I always had a problem with being outcome focused. Yes, I agree. Because I was like, yeah, I can do this and this and this and this. And there is so many options and I am not really focused on anything. So I am now on my journey on learning how to be more outcome focused. So I actually started to make plans, not only uh, professional plans, but also a personal plans and having some kind of like, a, you know, mental achievements uh, that I want to get to, right? Uh, so um, we are on a different journeys, but hopefully uh, we will end up actually in the same place where we will be both focused uh, on the outcome, but then again, being able to let go if it doesn't happen. But we could definitely learn a lot from each other on that journey, for sure. Uh, for sure. For sure, sister. Uh -huh. I'm more on the Martha side, like naturally, as you can guess. Uh, but I definitely learned a lot throughout the years. And my best friend, he's more on the side of you. So it's really good. Uh, like he's taking a lot of energy from me and I'm taking from his, you know, he's really good in letting go and things are going to happen. And, and I'm like, dude, you got to take action. You got to set goals. You got to move. <laughs> so I, I think for the people who are listening is, is really try to be self-aware. Who are you? What is your personality type? What is natural for you? And, and if you're too much extreme on one of those sides, Maybe you want to look into, I mean, if you're too much extreme on the, let's say, letting go, being in the moment, being in the flow, but you don't really achieve a lot of things, you might want to read some business books and listen to, you know, more audio books about hustle and, you know, taking action. Uh, there's a book called Relentless that's like extreme, you know, achievement kind of type. And if you're on the other side, the same. You want to find something more spiritual, uh, learn to take breaks, to have fun to be around people who are more present and like maybe Koana and, and then, you know, she'll teach you some things. <laughs> <laughs> 
some weird things. But yeah, I, I think it's actually quite hilarious, guys. <laughs> it's like when we were talking with Marta about our personalities, like Stoyan was just laughing because probably you were thinking about yourself and your best friend. And now when you are talking, we are laughing and looking at ourselves like, okay, this is like one weird creep circle of people laughing and winking and them at themselves sometimes i'm thinking it would be really cool to have cameras in the studio sometimes i have my doubts is the camera on no thank you lasse lasse is our technician it's not the lasse that you know from the recordings it's another lasse okay but there is a potential for having this moment actually on video in the future so let's see how it will go i think it was a really good explanation but, but, but just, just think about the language. Let's see how it will go. Like the, the if it was Marta, she would say, okay, let's set a goal, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> put it in the schedule for in two months or whatever. And Anna's like, let's see, you know, maybe things... <laughs> Yeah, well, but you know what? Actually, Marta, I can notice that Marta is getting now way better at letting go. Mm. And sometimes, actually, it's funny. I'm getting more like, you know, uh, goal-oriented, like, you know, we have to have this, this, this. And Anna, relax. Let's see how it goes. It's like if people would hear us uh, now, people who know, of, know us from the past, they wouldn't know what the hell has happened. Is it a brain swap or something? Because sometimes she sounds like me and sometimes I act like her. But I think it's uh, it's healthy because, as you said, you have to have both parts. Those are like both legs of, of the same mindset who will guarantee a success. And I absolutely agree that if you are tense and stressed, that I can say from, you know, from my own uh, experience, uh, there is a less chances you will achieve what you are supposed to achieve. But I can also say if you don't really have a clear goal, yes, you will be lucky in your life and maybe there will be some chances, but you won't be able to fully milk them, you know, because you are not intentional. You are not mindful. Yes, okay, super, I got a geek or I, I got a nice kind of offer here. But I was not really mindful about it. So I, it just, yeah, I got it and it passed, you know. So uh, very interesting, very interesting discussion for me, guys. Thank you for it. It's basically finding the balance between chaos and order, right? Structure and intuition. Uh, you need to put some structure frames and set the clear intentions. And then within this, you want to also be creative, intuitive, let things happen and, and not have tension right yeah. so it's a it's an ever going the yin and yang of uh, you know life and uh, so uh, for those of you listening uh, you know it might be good to once in a while look into where am I in this balance am I going off in one of the extremes and what will help me to get back to the golden middle yeah, totally. Now we are actually at the strategy number three, which is uh, very interesting for me because it is talking about tame the monkey mind and learn to focus and single task. And now I would love to hear what you mean by the monkey mind. Right. I was uh, watching a video on uh, Facebook uh, a couple of months ago, and it's this video where you see this monkey jumping from the trees and there are two little tigers. And the monkey just goes and kind of annoys them, pin them and go back to the trees. And she was really fast. So the tigers kept on being in this monkey area instead of doing their tiger business, you know, to hunt or whatever they have to do, the priority of a tiger. They kept on being playing with the monkey. And it was like, wow, what a great metaphor for how my mind is. I'm working on this project. And then my mind is like, check your Instagram. Why don't you see your email? Um, go to take a cup of coffee. You know, this constant 
talk that my mind is creating trying to distract me. For me, the monkey mind is the distraction. And taming the monkey mind is, is definitely a process. Um, I gave a workshop uh, this spring in, in Latvia in front of a startup uh, accelerator. And I'm like, so what do we do with the monkey? And I remember one of the guys stand up and he's like, I killed the monkey. <laughs> I'm like, okay, <laughs> well, uh, I don't want to kill the monkey. I, don't, I just want to play with the monkey when it's time for me to be distracted and to play with the monkey. So here's uh, the first two I want to suggest, which is basically get a notebook when you're doing something. Let's say you're working on preparing the podcast. And while you're working and being creative, your mind says you should get back to this thing. Uh, reply to this email, whatever. Don't play with the monkey. You don't go to the email and stuff. Instead, you write a note. You write monkey mind or you write distraction on the top of the page. It could be your phone. It's up to you. And then you write down what was the distraction. So basically, you're saying, okay, monkey, I'm busy now. I'm going to write it down. And when there is time, I'm going to play with you, right? So the monkey is the Instagram call. It's the email. It's all the distractions. It works really well for me. And you can combine that with uh, something that we're going to talk about a little bit as well, single tasking. And I'll also speak about multitasking a little bit. But a combination of setting a specific time for certain thing. Again, it could be professional, it could be personal. But let's say professionally, it's easy to get. You set 25 minutes, 45 minutes, 60 minutes. There's a technique called Pomodoro, which includes this focus, single focus on one task, on one result, simple result. Send an amazing email to a person, 25 minutes, right? Um, something comes in, you push it away, write it in the piece of paper, and then you can look into this piece of paper. You can literally set a specific time to get back to all the, the emails, let's say. Dealing with the monkey mind. An another thing, and we're gonna speak about that later, is obviously uh, meditation and mindfulness techniques that can help you more on the long-term perspective to have the monkey come less <laughs> to you. It makes your mind focused and we can speak about researches and stuff like that. But on a day-to-day -day basis, creating an autopilot way to deal with when the monkey comes, just create a muscle of pushing it away and writing down the thing so you don't forget it. You get it out of your head. This is part of the reason we, we multitask, let's say, procrastinate is we have so much going on in our heads. You don't have it written down in front of you and... Because you don't want to forget it, you want to engage in to get it done so, so you're not feeling stressed. But the moment that you just write it down and say, okay, I'm, do I need to look into it now? No. So tomorrow. All right, let me write it down. I, I get back to it. Then the monkey is happy. You're happy. And you can go on with, with your task. So um, pretty much acknowledge the monkey that, that the monkey is there and tell her, okay, I know you're here. And I will take care of you. Well, that's actually quite brilliant, I have to say. The only trick is that you have to train the awareness of the fact that monkey exists in the first place, right? So actually you have to first set yourself up into, okay, there is a monkey and I have to now observe when the monkey comes out. Could I say that that's, that would be the first key, right? Absolutely, okay. absolutely. And uh, I think somebody was uh, speaking about productive procrastination. Basically, you say in these two hours, I just want to procrastinate. Mm -hmm. So instead of you being reactive, you proactively say, I want two hours to just, you know, go on social media, surf on the internet, whatever. This is intentionally set for me so I can play with the monkey. The monkey is happy. And then throughout the whole other part of the day, though, even when you're home with, you know, with your relationship, uh, you know, partner, you don't want the monkey to be there, right? You want to be fully present. And you girls know what, what I mean, right? Like when the person next to you is fully present, you can feel it, you can sense it, right? And it's completely different if 
you have this monkey mind, you're the person, but but in your head is the business contract and all these things. So I think it can be very helpful skill to master both personal and professionally. Okay, thank you very much for that. And that is something that I will actually implement, Stoyan, I will, because I like the monkey comparison. Instead of starting the third strategy, I would like you to answer some of the questions from our listeners because we received five questions and I thought that maybe we will finish this episode with one, two questions and then in the last episode you could also answer the remaining ones. So coming back from the, from the monkey land, And fun. I actually have a very interesting question from Katy Perez because it's connected to actually having fun as well, but it's not exactly about the monkey mind. Are you ready? I'm totally ready. My question, what tip tips will you give leaders who aim to make their teams high performing, but also fun and enjoyable? That's a very good question. Thank you, Katie. Katie is actually an amazing person. You have as a guest, right? Yes, uh, and I think it's actually Katy. But, but that's something that I apparently could never learn for some reason. Kati, Katie, if you're listening, I'm sorry for uh, mispronouncing your name. That's my fault. Uh, it's a really great question. I think um, for me, working with, uh, with companies, working with teams on uh, boosting their performance and uh, productivity, some of the main challenges actually come with the awareness side. In many companies, it's still not a practice to look into what is not working or like spending more time on the soft things, uh, discussions, communication, figuring out what the actual challenges in the companies are. So just by providing a space for these things, like setting some clear frames, it's all about culture. But often it's productivity is being misconcepted as we have to get things done. And that's the only thing that matters. And I think that's, that's a really bad approach. That's not what productivity really is. There is actually studies that show that happiness is positively correlated with the productivity of the workplace. The more happy employees are, the higher they perform. Uh, and you can see a lot of why that, you know, that happens. But the thing is, how can we boost the level of engagement in the companies? And obviously, you can include some productivity tools of, um, you know, structuring, planning, prioritization, clear communication. I'm personally working on uh, my own model when I work with companies, which is called PERFORM. It's just an acronym. Uh, how can you perform at your best as a team? And it's an acronym that includes seven key areas of productivity. Uh, the first one is purpose and values, getting really clear what's your why, why you do what you do, for a manager to know what's the personal motivations of each of the people in the, in the team. Do we know our values? Do we set this time to actually talk about what drives you? If maybe your employee is a family person, Maybe, you know, there's a ways you can help them to prioritize this area of their life, right? So the first one is purpose and values. The second one is effective planning, setting the core priorities. We are all clear we are working towards those core results, tangible results, and then we build backwards our plan. This is the result. How do we make sure that we get there? Evaluating the different opportunities. Are we clear? Let's move. And then the third one is uh, roles and responsibilities. I also see a lot of Uh, people and teams assuming, oh, but that's clear. That's how he should be responsible. But there's not a clear idea of, okay, I'm in charge of this thing. This is my role. This is your role. This is the most where decision-making ends. You need to make sure, like maybe Martin needs to make sure this is done. 
She might not do anything of it. She might distribute the whole thing, but I'm going to ask her whether it's delivered by this deadline. So third one is role risk possibilities. Then we have focus and execution. Here comes the monkey. How do we make sure we are fully focused on taking action on the right things by the plan and not being distracted, avoiding distracting ourselves, but also distracting our colleagues? Where are we? F, perf, F, O is the optimal energy. This is something else that I see is uh, starting to to be more trendy at the moment, uh, and I, I'm very happy with it. Your physical energy, so uh, the, the things you eat, including uh, mindfulness meditation, those kind of things. Having a culture that promotes drinking water, you know, all those things that contribute to your energy, the thing that we did right now, right, with the exercise. Uh, then we're going to O-R, R, which is robust communication. Do we have systems of communication that are working properly? Are we aligned at what level of importance we are actually going to disturb each other, right? Like maybe there's something really small, so I don't want to disturb you if that's something small. I can write you on Slack or whatever system we're using. Uh, so are we clear how we communicate with each other? Do we have honest communication? Is there something that is on the way of, of us, like maybe the, the subordinate, the, the, the employee is not willing to share to the manager because they're feeling some kind of fear that, you know, they can't tell the truth. We need to ensure that we, we tell each other the truth, even though sometimes it's nasty, right? And then the last one is, is mental toughness. Our, like, developing the mind, developing our mental state, working on making sure that we can deal with adversity, seeing the whole picture perspective. Okay, you're allowed to fail reasonably, not like, yeah, let's go fail, but you're allowed once in a while to, to make some mistakes if the risk is well calculated, but you need to have this mental toughness. You need to be in a mental state that you perform at your best. So basically this perform structure is, um, I recommend teams to use it on a weekly basis. Just a little discussion, 5, 10, 15 minutes. You go through these areas to try to measure it from 1 to 10 and you figure out where are we lacking, right? This week, maybe we were really focused on execution, but we haven't really planned stuff. So we actually done a lot of things that we, we didn't have to do at all. All right, uh, let me fix that. Our planning is on three. How do we do? How do we make it five or six within our culture? Um, so, so it's an ongoing thing. It's not a one-time thing, uh, but that, that, that's something that I've I've seen from the you know now few years I've been working with teams that is simple. It's easy. It doesn't disturb you. There's a lot of those time management tools. They are so complicated that it makes you know it makes it more unreasonable to do it because it takes you so much time and complexity. Like something simple, but just get aware where are we. And where do we put some more attention and then be disciplined on executing? Kathy, I think this is way more than you expected to get. Thank you very much for this model. Thank you very much, Stoyan, for being here. Thank you for coming back because you are coming back. We have two more strategies left. So everyone, please tune in for the next episode. And for the time being, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you guys for listening and see you next time. You are listening to You've Got 5 Options radio show, where we hopefully convinced you that 5 indeed is a magic number. To catch up with our previous programs, apply to be our guest, send us your life challenge, or just to see how do we really look like, visit our website, the5options.com. We hope you enjoyed this episode and that you will come for more. That's all, folks!